was holding so tightly onto the steering wheel when it all happened, the airbag deployed, but she broke her wrist. It broke it. So she's going to be out of commission for a little while, so be praying for Rhonda. But thank you, Jenny, and the choir. It was beautiful. I wanted to refer you back to the song that we sang. I know there's a lot of songs. I know Tyler and I both, and I'm sure Ken did too, that you like the words to it, but you realize the congregation really don't know the tune that well, and that was the case with the one we sang a while ago, 465. But it was pretty easy tune for most of us to pick up on, but just powerful words about the Holy Spirit. And I'm about to speak about the Holy Spirit, and one of the lines... Uh, it says, Holy Spirit, power divine, uh, you know, fill in this heart of mine and kindle, kindle every high desire and perish self in thy pure fire. Perish self in thy pure fire. Holy Spirit, right divine, king within my conscience reign. Be my Lord and I shall be firmly bound forever free. Powerful words, deep theology. Uh, it's going to continue a theme. Uh, last Sunday, I made reference to Romans, and I'm going to mention Romans again, but I'm actually going to preach from 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. So I encourage you to go read 1 Corinthians 12, the whole chapter. I'm going to read a good portion of it, but chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13, 14. I'll, I'll talk about all of those. But last week in Romans, the, ser the sermon was about being a servant, and if you're going to serve, you if you're going to be a servant, then you've got to serve. But in Romans, he also gave us some lists of the gifts. Ephesians does as well, but here we have a more detailed list of gifts of the Holy Spirit that are found here in 1 Corinthians 12. But a key to it all is the verse that I preached on last week. If you weren't here, here's the verse. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God requires that, expects that. Uh, demands that that's what we do, that we give our lives. But because we have a free will, we can choose to back out of that. So I think it must be imperative that it be consistent for all believers that from time to time, and I challenge you last week, I challenge you again this week to have some moments where you just, you and God get alone and just say, God, I give you my life as a living sacrifice. And y'all wrestle with that and what that means for you. Because that's what he tells us to do. And then in Romans, he continues to talk about functioning and ministry and gifts of the Spirit. So this is a must for all believers. If we're to operate in any gift, in any function, in any ability or any ministry given to us by the Spirit of God, we must surrender to his Lordship. And that's got to be consistent on this journey of ours. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians the 12th chapter, I want to read verses 4 through 11. Begin there in verse 4, there are diversity of gifts, but it's the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So whether there's a variety of gifts, ministries, and activities, and I've underlined those and put them in bold in my text that I've got. So gifts, ministry, activities, but it emphasizes the triune God is the same spirit, the same Lord, and the same God who works all in all. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. 
that's capital S, through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. If it sounds like a stuck record, it's because it is, and even though he doesn't say same Spirit on all the rest of them, it's implied. So verse 10 says, to another the working of miracles, I'll add by the same spirit. To another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these things, and he distributes, distributing each one individually as he wills. It's his choice. He's the one who distributes them. It's his will. We see that it is for the body of Christ, but he's in charge. Or is he? He needs to be. So he's wanting us to surrender our will to his will. That's all the way through the Bible. That's consistent. We're to be living our lives and giving our lives as a living sacrifice. So he will be Lord. If you know anything about Corinthians, you know the whole book is about that believers weren't operating in them correctly. And some of them were just living in carnality. He even called some of the believers, you're just carnal. Well, if that was true then, it's possible that it's true now. And I'll just go and confess to you, my journey with the Lord, there's been some times I've been pretty doggone carnal. Carnality. One foot in the world, one foot wanting to do what Christ wants. And, and I've never pastored any people like that, but Paul says it's a possibility. Come on, there you go. Give me just a little chuckle or something. Oh, this, this applies. Now, careful, we'll dip into carnality just like the Word says. So he gives us some instructions and some guidance. But a common thread in these verses that I just read was the Spirit of God who is the third person of the Trinity. So gifts, ministries, activities, same Spirit, same Lord, same God. And then just in the verses I read to you, the phrase same Spirit was repeated seven times specifically. But it is implied after each gift that is named. So whatever gift you're going to be open to, it is the same Spirit who gives them according to His will, and He distributes them again according to His will. Let's read on down and talk about 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the next few verses. I'm going to paraphrase it, but you've read it before. And in fact, it's not the only place in the Bible that Paul uses the human body to illustrate the gifts of the Spirit. He talks about the ear and the eye and that all are important, and, but they have different function. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 26, I'm not going to read it all. You can read it this afternoon or in the morning, tonight before you go to bed. But in these verses, the Holy Spirit gives the illustration of the human body. Because evidently, some Christian believers felt superior and were claiming to be more, the more spectacular gifts. That can happen today. Some of the sign gifts and some... Uh, workings that work through somebody and they feel a little bit more uppity or a little bit more holy, a little bit superior. So you, you can read in all of these chapters, apparently that was going on, so some felt a little more superior. And others, though, perhaps felt inferior because their gifts were not so obvious. And so Paul uses the imagery of the body with many members, hand, feet, ears, eyes, all important, to illustrate that all believers are dependent upon one another. They need each other's gifts. We need each other's servant, 
apart. We need each other's gifts for the health of the body of Christ. This is the way God intended. Now, I do want to go back and read the last few verses of chapter 12. I want to read verses 27 through 31. And again, listen to what he says about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, and third teachers, and after that, miracles, and then gifts of healings, gifts of health, gifts of administrations, a variety, a variety of tongues. And then he asks some questions that should have an obvious answer to them. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have the gift of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way. And so the excellent way that he's about to show is chapter 13, which most, most of us, amen and so be it on chapter 13. We sometimes don't like the other chapters that are around it, but 13 solid. But he's telling us this is a more excellent way. So he's telling us specifically in chapter 13, love has got to be there. Otherwise, you people will mess it up. That's what he's telling the people at Corinth. You'll get carnal. But you've got to have the love of God. You've got, you've got to let the Holy Spirit fill you with that love. And the only way he can do that is for you to say, fill me. Fill me, overflow me. I give you my life as a living sacrifice. Because then he goes on to explain in 13, you may have all these gifts, but if you have not love, then you are nothing. So it's paramount. It's important. And then he goes on in chapter 14, and he begins to explain again about the gifts, in particular about the gift of tongues. But he doesn't say don't speak in tongues. In fact, listen to what he says in the opening verse of 1 Corinthians 14.1. I read it as the word of grace this morning. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy, that you may proclaim. The last time you, God, I'll, I'll be open to any gift you'll give me. However you want to distribute to me. I know that it sure will, and I know it's the same Spirit, same Spirit who gives each one of them. We read it, but we're to be open to spiritual gifts. He does give some guidelines about tongues. He goes on and emphasizes that in chapter 14, but he never says, don't speak in tongues. Now, I know there are entire denominations that disagree with him, and Christians, we are controversial over it a lot of times. Some will say that there are no more sign gifts. Uh, tongues or uh, misuse of tongues can disrupt the church. I do agree with that, and that's what he's saying. But he doesn't say, don't believe that they exist, and I want you to be available to them. He clearly tells us that. So our Lord's desire for his church is that we understand and apply the diversity of spiritual abilities found within the membership. It is the Spirit's task to give to individual members of the congregation 
abilities that can be used within the group to enable each individual in three ways. Could be more ways, but here's three pretty solid, A, B, and C. A, to grow in their relationship with the Lord. That's always there. That's always going to be a part of why we come together, is to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Son of God. So, number one, to grow their relationship with the Lord. That's why he distributes abilities and functions and gifts. B, to grow in fellowship with one another. And C, to reach out to a broken world. So that's imperative. All of those are. And there are others that break off of that. We need to remember that from one God, one God, there is a diversity of gifts for the common good. So each member must search their hearts. You must search your hearts. I must search my heart repeatedly to find what they can do as different members of Christ's body. Each member has a part to play. And every ministry should be exercised. But he distributes them as he will to each of us. He just wants us to be open. Jesus healed a man in Mark. He, he, he was deaf. You remember when Jesus spit and put his fingers in his ears. And Jesus said in Aramaic, Yafatha, be open. That's true with the Spirit of God. And it's true with all the gifts and abilities. But I think he wants us to be Yafatha. He wants us to be open. And that's what Paul's telling the church. They were misusing them, but he never said stop using them. In fact, even with tongues, I go back to it. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. But there must be love. There must be surrender. Otherwise, we're liable to mess it up. I was 14 years old. I do not remember the specific day, but I remember being 14 years old. I'll share with y'all, I got saved when I was 11. In junior high years, I hungered for the Word of God. I just read the Bible. I, just, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. I didn't know any better. So I read the Living Bible. I read the Good News Bible. And I just read it and read it and read it. And I, I began to read about all these gifts. And in particular, this night, I had been praying and thinking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I had read in 11, 12, 13, 14 of 1 Corinthians. I had the... The, the, all these gifts on my mind and thinking about it and then I read over in 14 where it said pursue love and desire spiritual gifts and I don't know how to explain it to you other than it was a God moment you have one and I hope you have some that you can remember back when you were 14 years old with God maybe you got saved later I don't know but I remember in whatever way the best I knew how at 14 years old I just read that and it said desire spiritual gifts. I said, God, I don't understand all this. And I don't recall too many sermons on the gifts of the Spirit. I probably wasn't listening. There may have been. But I said, God, if you tell me that I should desire spiritual gifts, then I'm just 14 years old and young in my faith and dumb enough just to ask you. And I did. Did something in me that night. I wished I could tell you it was all perfect from then on out, but it wasn't. I, I had my moments of carnality. You get a few years older than 17, 18 years old, I, I, I pushed God away in my life in a lot of ways with choosing myself and what I wanted in my life. So I'm just being honest, I'm confessing. But God did something that night. I know he did. He didn't call me into ministry that night, although he may have, but he didn't let me know about that call till later in my 20s so I, I, I think back of it and I, I, as I prepared this sermon I, I thought I'd go ahead and share that with you but but I surrendered that's all I know how to 
explain it. I just said, God, if, if these are yours and you're telling me they are, then I'll be open to any and every one of them. And I meant it. And I realized I have to go back to that and still mean it. And I hope this will make sense. You know, as we get older and more mature, more theological, we talk ourselves out of a lot of things in the Bible. You don't have to amen. But we do. We get more mature in our faith, so we try to analyze and figure everything out. But when we're 14, we're just young, and we just believe God. If that's what he said, I just believe him. So sometimes in my own prayer life, God help me to go back to just that, just in simple faith. I'll give you a couple of illustrations. You remember a guy by the name of David, the king of Israel? We, we can remember all the things that he messed up as he got an adult. But you remember when God first used him? He was 12. Everybody else was fearful of the Philistines. Bring old David out. Said, that's, that's the one. He said, what's up? He said, oh, I can take out Goliath. Sure, I can. he gets that sling and he wipes out Goliath. We know the story. He was 12 years old. He just simply believed in the God that was with him when he was taking care of the, the sheep. Then eventually, he got older, and he did some things he shouldn't do in his relationship with the Lord. He got carnal. It took him coming back in repentance and humility and saying, God, I give you my life as a living sacrifice. Must be why, too, that Jesus more than once brought little children in front of the adults and said, lest you have faith like a child, you'll no wise enter the kingdom of God. I think it is okay to say, God, let me, let me just get back to that simple faith, just believing you. And so I, I challenge you this morning to just, God says desire spiritual gifts, but pursue love, then why not let's just do it. That's what he tells us to do. It's the same spirit who gives them all. I quoted from you last week, Warren Wiersbe is a pastor, pastored two or three different churches. He's written many books. He's a conference speaker. Uh, quoted from this book on being a servant of God. It's written to pastors about encouragement and hanging in there, but on being a servant of God. He says this, certainly we need methods to serve God, but we must remember that methods work because the principles behind them. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods always change. Principles never do. Ministry is built on basic principles, not clever methods. This is the quote I gave you last week. I'm still wrestling with it. God doesn't want us to have ministry necessarily by imitation, but ministry by incarnation. Listen to Philippians 2.13. This is what it says. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. I'll read it again. Let it sink in. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So Pastor Wearsby gives a definition of ministry. And keep in mind that all definitions of any kind have their limitations. And this one isn't perfect. But it will help us keep us on the right track. So here's a definition of ministry. Ministry, and it applies to this that I'm talking about, the Holy Spirit, the incarnate work that he does within the human, because even though we live in carnality sometimes, we let sin mess up our relationship with the Lord, we repent, we get back in relationship with him. And so here's the definition of ministry. 
Ministry takes place when, when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. Ministry takes place when divine resources meet human needs through loving channels to the glory of God. So, here in 1 Corinthians that we've been studying, we are being taught to, to humbly surrender our lives to Christ so that the Holy Spirit can equip us for ministry. Joe Callahan and Carol Clokey Callahan, they're glad I'm pointing them out. They're looking like, oh my Lord. They gave me a book the other day, a little simple book called The Mission. I'm going to close with a statement from Dr. Dr. Pratt, Dr. Richard Pratt. The ministry is third, third millennial ministry. It's a very simple book. It's got a whole lot of pictures in it. I guess they gave it to me. They knew I could read it and understand it. But it's about the third millennial ministries, and I won't go into all that, but, but there was a statement I read two or three weeks ago that applies. I said, we're still talking about the Holy Spirit and us just saying, God, I give my life as a living sacrifice. I'll be open whatever gift you give me without any reservation this is what Dr. Pratt said in that little book called The Mission when we live for Christ we live in repentance we live in faith and always depending upon his grace that's solid when we live for Christ we live in repentance in faith and always always depending upon his grace yet we must never forget we must never forget that Christ has given us the Holy Spirit who conforms us to the likeness of Christ. That's all a part of the plan. But in order for the plan to work, God's got to have willing vessels to fill. Because remember all the way back in Genesis, He created us in His image. And we are to be image bearers. That's going to happen somewhere in the journey, somewhere in the process. I think on a daily basis, we've got to say, Lord, I'll give you my life as a living sacrifice. Here, Papa, Jesus says, be open. Be open to what I can do in your life. Let's pray together. God, we love you today and we praise you. Lord, I, this, this is more than I can preach. I pray, Holy Spirit, you will take your word as only you can, and place it inside the human heart. Thank you, God, for your word. Help us to be open and help us to have a childlike faith to receive the theme of the same spirit. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.